Welcome into the official. We've got a great show for you this week, wrapping up the high school season. So, you know, we've been giving you high school updates all throughout the season. Guys are going up, guys are kind of you know trending up, tracking down. And now we've got pretty much the final update. We most players have gone through their high school seasons, including the playoffs with a handful, maybe still a few championship games hanging around. But for the most part, high school seasons are done. And we've got all the information from their their season and how they did as a senior compared to junior and sophomore years and, and all the good things like that. We'll wrap it up with a nice little bro and give it to you for Christmas here on The Official. All right, all right. Well, gentlemen, we've made it through the high school football season, and now we're going to talk about kind of the last word on that. It's been it's been a long season. Our opinions, I feel like they've changed up, down, and around. Uh, the only real constant is the quarterbacks have pretty much stayed constant, at least at the top, and we will talk about some of those guys today. However, before we get started, um, got to give a shout out to homefieldapparel.com. That's kind of our partner for this show. Uh, really great apparel for anything you want in the college college sports space. Really doesn't have to be football. Uh, they've got merch from teams like St. Peter's and Colorado School of Mines, all the way up into you know your UGAs, your Alabamas, and RIP FSU Seminoles. Um, we'll see if they come out with a special design for all that fun stuff that happened over the weekend, but home field apparel, uh, great kind of vintagey looking stuff. They work with the schools to get their, the motifs and kind of some of the traditional logos from back in the day. And it's just really unique stuff, shirts, uh, pants, hoodies, hats, go check it out. Homefieldapparel.com and enter campus number two Canton as your promo code. You'll get, uh, I think it's 15% off if it's your first purchase. And then also of course, check out campus our parent website, where you can get uh, $2.99 memberships. That's $2.99 per month at the low end. And we have all the way up with all the bells and whistles, tools, uh, articles, Discord access, and all sorts of things to help you get better at college fantasy football at campuscanda.com. Okay, with that said, we've got some players to talk about, one of which was just recently celebrating his brother, becoming the New York Jets starting quarterback again. And that's younger brother, Isaac Wilson. Uh, David, we've talked about him a little bit throughout the course of the season. And I think the general feeling is like he's Zach Wilson all over again. But some of the numbers you've got here say that, you know, there could, could be a better version of his older brother. What are you thinking about a senior year and prospects going forward? Yeah, I mean, well, statistically, he, he was – he was better. Um, his QBR this year was 137. If you compare it to the other quarter Canyon quarterbacks, uh, Devin Brown was 135. Jackson Dart was 147. And uh, Zach Wilson was 107. I think that was, I believe that was the first year um, with that coach. So the first year implementing that offense and everything. So I don't know. But 
I think uh, ultimately his Deviev side is a little bit capped. He's only 5'11 from what I've seen. Um, you know, he's like 180 or so pounds. He is twitched up for sure. He's got actually has one of the stronger arms in the class, I believe. His ball velocity is around 53 miles per hour, which is near the top of class. Mm. Um, so that's surprising. Um, but, you know, similar to his brother. Um, yeah, I mean, he put up crazy numbers. I think I mentioned on a previous uh, episode that he was actually on pace to break Devin Brown's state record for passing yards. He came up short, um, a few hundred yards short of that, but they won the state championship. They avenged their loss last year. They couldn't beat McKay Hillsteed last year. I mean, the guys, he's just too good at football. So, uh, you know, they won the state championship last year, but it was good to see him win it all this year and uh, looks at least like a promising college player. We love McKay Hillstead, by the way. Shout out, one of your three-star guys and uh, ended up starting a few games this year for Utah State and looking pretty decent in the process. I think he got injured again uh, towards the end of the season, but you know that was a great call out and acquitted himself. But this is not about the 2023 class. This is about the 2024 class. Uh, and Isaac Wilson headed to Utah. Matt, do you think he's a guy who can start early in his career at Utah? I mean, Cam Rising's coming back. You got to assume he's the starter in 2024. After that, Nate Johnson's gone. Barnett, I guess, might still be around. I don't really know two years out. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely not a year one star, as we can assume. Rising will be back next year, and uh, he'll be the guy there. But, I mean, after that, I mean, I think if they, they showed this year their death behind him is – not that great. I, I think Wilson could potentially be a year two starter there. Uh, I mean, there's also a good chance they could bring a transfer too. Who knows? Uh, you know, in the, in the game today, but uh, the, the the year two starting upside is definitely there. Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of rewatched him a little bit today. There there is a lot of shades of Zach Wilson. I mean, the way he plays, um, and Zach Wilson looked awesome on the highlights. You you watch him; he looks great even in college. And then it's, I think it's like a processing thing in the NFL maybe, or he just can't seem to get a handle on, you know, when to actually like throw the ball uh, at the NFL level. I don't know if it's the speed of the game, whatever, which would probably still fall under processing, but Wilson's definitely got the tools similar to Zach and who knows, you know, maybe he, he grew up watching Zach and maybe he'll learn from what Zach did and end up being a better prospect. We shall see. But, um, I think it's interesting, and his senior season was fantastic, like you said, David. All right, <clears throat> another guy who – one of the constants this whole season, I think he finished wire-to-wire QB1 for you guys, uh, and he's dropped a little bit for me, but still in the elite top tier. Uh, as Dylan Riola went over from Arizona to Buford, Georgia, um, increased his competition, and still put up a pretty good season that's really gotten better as the year has gone on. Matt, what's your takeaway from Raiola's, um, you know, senior season as he heads off to Georgia where the depth chart, I guess Beck will start, but after that, they're having some attrition with transfers already. Yeah, as we've covered weekly, I mean, Raiola had a bit of a slow start to the season and then, you know, very quickly uh, guys adjusted to things. You know, there's definitely a bit of a leap going from Arizona high school ball to Georgia, uh, you know, playing the best teams in Georgia. Uh, he increased his yards per attempt from 8.8 to 11.3, which is something you love to see. Right. Only threw one interception all year, and uh, it wasn't even his fault. Just bounced right off the, the wide receiver, so uh, not not a problem there. 
Still not really any rushing upside. You know, that's that's just kind of his game. He's mobile enough in the pocket that he could get away with it a bit, but you know, don't expect him to be putting up, you know, uh big rushing performances on the ground. But you know, I, I think he's the pretty clear heir apparent there at Georgia. Uh, I mean they're I feel like they're kind of setting things up for him. Uh I, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't the starter there once Beck leaves, but I mean who knows? Uh transfer portal guys stepping up. But uh I mean, you know, he, he's our QB one, at least my QB one. I believe he is David still too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he he's got the upside for sure. Uh, David, anything to add there? Uh, I mean, we've kind of talked about him uh, uh, kind of at length this whole season, but any, any last nuggets on Riola? He'll finish your QB1, is that right? Yeah, and I, I get the hesitation because it uh, – I mean, it is a big outlier for the rushing thing. I don't know. Negative but CJ Stroud might prove us wrong here. Well, yeah. I was right on the edge of that whole 10% theory thing. Yeah. And by the way, he was still my number two prospect. So I kind of overlooked all that. Like, take all these theories with a grain of salt. But right. being in the negative is definitely like, it makes me a little bit nervous. But yeah, like you said, like Matt had already said, like he does, he moves pretty well in the pocket and he can improvise and stuff like that. And he's just a big, thick, strong dude that can make throws with guys draped around him and stuff. Like, he'll probably, honestly, he like sack avoidance probably won't be his best thing. So, you know, like the EPA boys, they're going to they're gonna keep tweeting about how he's probably going to lose a bunch of, you know, uh, EPA for sacks and stuff. Like, I I imagine that'll happen. And But, yeah, I expect him to play. I don't know what's going to go on with, like, Gunnar Stockton. I kind of like him coming out. But, um, you know, I can see Rayola just, like, kind of sliding in there uh, in his second year. I You would think that that would be the case. Um, I also... You know, the CJ Stroud thing is interesting. And I remember, you know, even at Ohio State, Justin Fields didn't run that much. And in the NFL, he's been a big time runner. And I feel like Stroud's already been running more in the NFL than he did at Ohio State. So, uh, you know, maybe Ohio State's offense, we know it's not a huge running QB factory, but maybe they're like suppressing it even more, just the scheme, whatever, what the coaches are telling them. So, um, but even Stroud dating back to high school is not a runner. So it's kind of interesting. I feel like he has used that mobility a little bit more already in the NFL, making me look stupid for just fading the absolute hell out of him. Um, all right. Another guy who's in the elite tier, DJ Lagway, uh, still committed to Florida. I think he will stay committed to Florida. I think that he will go burn this first year and, I think Napier is going to get fired at least after 2024 or mid-season. And then I think Lagway will probably transfer because multiple teams will come running. Right now, it's a little bit late. Everyone's got their QB and all that. But uh, I think he'll probably transfer out. I just can't believe anybody wants to be a Florida right now. It is a disaster. But uh, anyway, that's where he'll wind up for his freshman season, I think. And he had just an absolutely insane season. Um, he improved everywhere, 58 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 16 running touchdowns, a thousand yards on the ground, 4,600 in the air. What can you say about him? We've talked about him, just crazy tools, crazy upside, um, a little raw in some of his mechanics. We've said it all, anything to add, or we can just move on to the next, next guy. All right. 
DJ Lagway, what has not been said about him? Julian saying, um, pretty actually like kind of modest stats, you know, 24 touchdowns, only one pick, which is nice. Uh, very good completion percentage. I think there's another guy we kind of know, or this is one of the only guys we know what we're going to get. We're going to get a, a accurate, um, pretty safe prospects who may not have NFL, like major NFL upside based on his like build and body or ball velocity. Um, is, is there any hidden upside there, uh, Matt? I don't think you think there is with Saiyan. Uh, I mean, based on what he played this year, not really. I mean, he just he plays you know, relatively conservative, definitely more of the game manager type. Uh, when we were at the Elite 11, we got to see him make a lot more fun throws, just, you know, just trying the defender to see what he can do. But, you know, when it comes to actual in-game play, uh, you don't really get to quite see that. So, I mean, it's there, but he's just not using it to a certain extent. But the physical tools anyway, it's just they, those definitely aren't there. I mean, his arm is fine, but it's not near the higher level of this class at least. And his build, you know, he, he's small, he's skinny, he's, you know, what, barely six foot. So uh, it, it'll, it'll be tough for him in terms of his NFL chops, even going to Alabama. I mean, especially if Bryce Young does not pan out, uh, I think coaches are naturally going to have this bias. We're like, oh, we're going to go for another guy who kind of has a similar profile, except Young has a way bigger arm. So mm. uh, it, it's definitely going to be tough there for him, I think. But, again, they got nothing in quarterback. He could start there year one. So, who knows? True. David, I think his upside really rests in the fact of how aggressive is he going to wind up being and, you know, is his processing elite, which I think is hard to tell, honestly, at the high school level. Uh, is that kind of what you take? If he's like a, you know, superhuman processor and anticipator and takes risky throws, you know, I guess he could be pretty good. Otherwise, game manager might be where he winds up. Yeah, I think probably a game manager. I think um, so. His ball velocity is fifty at fifty. Uh, for comparison's sake, Bryce Young was at fifty-five, I believe, in high school. Uh, I think he's been he's been measured upwards of like around sixty, which is crazy for a guy his size. Um, but uh, I would say Sands' arm strength is right on the edge of where you want to be at this point, and he doesn't have like a big frame to like add a lot of weight and add a lot of muscle and, and I add a lot of velocity. So I think his arm will always be like right on that fringe for NFL purposes. I think like he's situation dependent. I feel like after college, like get him in a Shanahan offense or whatever. Can he do what Brock Birdie's doing? I, I don't know. Sure. I think anybody, right? Yeah, basically. And yeah, anyway, he's more accurate than, than Purdy is. And so, I mean, I'm not going to say, I don't know. He's not. I don't think he'll get drafted super high, but if he gets into the right spot, like I know we're thinking very far down the line here, but he could definitely have success. I feel like in the NFL. Okay. Yeah, and I think I'll probably need to drop him. Uh, you know, he he'll stay in the top tier. I think just because he's pretty safe prospects, and that does mean something when we're trying to you know project out really far. But I think he probably doesn't need to be where he's at right now for me. Um, all right. So we got two guys that kind of didn't, you know, increase or decrease their stock. I've talked about Walker White quite a bit. We all love the tools. Um, 
but there is some questions about just being raw. Um, I think he could be used in year one, depending on what they do in the transfer portal at Auburn. But like at the very least, I think like Tebow rushing type uh, plays and kind of a, a package for Walker White and, you know, maybe move more from there, room to grow from there. He's a guy who can carry, he has playmaking capabilities. Auburn really needs that. So I think he's walking into a pretty interesting spot. We will should get to see Walker White, I think, um, in some fashion. But uh, remains to be seen if that arm and the ability to get the ball on time is, you know, SEC caliber. I hope it is. I want it to be. Um, the numbers are not where we want to see them, but there could be always context and caveats there, uh, for, you know, as well with the high school and, and what kind of plays they're running and things like that. Um, and then Kromanoic, I'll just go by, go him again, and then we'll get into some of the decliners. But Another guy was kind of the same, didn't necessarily get better. Uh, David, I think you have here that um, he had a lower QBR than Holden Geriner, uh, who's at Auburn and did not really play much at all this year. Um, not that that means everything, but he wasn't as good as Griner uh, in high school. So I think they went to the same high school. Is that why that was there? Yeah. So, you know, I think he's another guy who's, Tools are very interesting, but hasn't quite been as uh, elite production as some of these other guys who we like their tools. So it's kind of like you have to project production and tools, which is a little tougher. Um, all right, Matt, I'll give you last word on Aaron Nolan. He's been up and down for you. Um, but I think recently recommitted to Ohio State. Didn't he? He, he went away and now he's recommitted. No, unless that's news to me. I, I believe he's just been committed the entire time. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had a, a real rough season. I mean, compared to last year where his team went undefeated, he won the state championship, they blew through the playoffs. Uh, this year didn't go quite like that. I mean, his numbers were down, completion percent down by 7%, through twice, more than twice as many picks on about 100 less attempts than last year. So it, it was just very sloppy play by him, especially for someone who we already feel like his ceiling is a bit more capped than other players, someone who's supposed to be like the safe, uh, more conservative prospect. That's definitely not something you want to see, the, the regression like this. It's, uh, it's definitely very worrying. And uh, at this point, I have my pretty strong doubts that he will, will be a, at least a long-term starter at Ohio State. Yeah, uh, you're right. He looks like he never decommitted. I think I saw, I don't know, I saw something on social media that I am, I must have kind of implied, oh, he must have decommitted and recommitted, but looks like he, he's been committed since April. Um, David, perfect segue into you, a guy who is going to your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, and CJ Carr, again, not doing anything to really make us change our opinion. We've been fairly down on Carr, at least from a fantasy angle, I feel like the whole process. And so what is your kind of final comment here on, on CJ Carr and what he can be? At Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame was never really an attractive spot for college production. Um, but we, we had to talk about him just because he is ranked really high. Um, so he kind of has like implied Debbie upside. But uh, so he had 9.2 yards per attempt this year, um, which is 45th percentile. You know, it's all right. Uh, 3.1% uh, interception rate, which is 25th percentile. 
He only had 91 yards rushing, and uh, that was all against a 6.8 strength of schedule, which is fifth percentile. So I don't know. I have my comparison to it is like Kyle Allen or something like that. Like I just don't. I don't really see like really good like physical attributes or anything, and, and like statistically, he doesn't jump out to me. Uh, tape wise, it's I don't know. He he doesn't really jump out to me as like. Maybe he is like this, like Alfred, you always say, like, it's hard to judge processing at times. Like, maybe he is some great processor, and, and I'm yeah. just missing that part of it. But um, I don't know. I'm just not really interested, honestly. Well, I think for a guy with that profile, and to be honest, an elite processor is an incredibly rare thing. I mean, you're talking, when I'm talking, I'm talking about like Brady, you know, Tom Brady was probably maybe the best processor of all time. Um, so it's rare. I mean, there's a handful in the entire world, probably. They can do it at, at a high, high, high level at the NFL level. So the chances of any of these guys would say, if he's an elite processor, the chances of that is extremely low. It's just kind of providing context of what you're at least hoping for, for some of these guys to be, you know, really relevant. Otherwise, they're just going to fall kind of by the wayside uh, as an afterthought, at least for fantasy. So, all right, well, that kind of Wraps up the QBs, went over the Elite Three, the trio. We went over some other guys we've talked about a lot this year and kind of where they stand here at the end of the year. Um, you know, if you're listening or watching, you can assume the rest of the players are probably, there's nothing new. There's nothing to highlight. Um, and if you've been following us all year, you probably know most of our opinions on those players. Moving on to running backs, and we'll maybe try to uh, pick it up here, but two good guys, one at the very top that I'm really interested in, and he's been rising for me. He's now top 10 running back for me. Um, and I watched him again today. Really like him. Jordan Lyle out of St. Thomas Aquinas, which is kind of a football factory down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, Matt, where are you landing on Lyle? I wish he was a little bit bigger, but his stats are incredible this year. Looking really good heading to uh, Ohio State, I believe, as a, as a duo. Yeah, currently committed to Ohio State. Miami is apparently pushing hard for him, so... Uh, he's definitely on flip watch at the moment. And, yeah, as you said, the efficiency has been crazy. He had great efficiency, efficiency last year, too. I think he stepped up his bulk production a tiny bit more this year, which, which is what you want to see. Uh, he's teammates with Stacey Gage, who used to be a big-time recruit. Now he's kind of fallen off the rankings a bit, but he's you know averaging over four yards per carry more than him, 11.1 uh, yards per carry for the season against 36 SOS, uh, you know, against some of the best competition in Florida. Uh, you know, I think there's a ton to like there. If he sticks at Ohio State, I mean, their running back room just had a mass exodus. Uh, you know, if Travion Henderson doesn't come back next year, you can honestly just rotate in. Uh, although there are rumors Henderson might stay. So we'll see. Either way, I mean, the room is open now. Him and James Peoples will be coming in. Both of them are, you know, relatively similar, similar level of prospects. So uh, yeah. exciting for both. I think Lyle's listed at 190 on two sites, 180 on another site. I mean, hopefully it's closer to 190. Hopefully by the time he gets on campus, it's maybe even flirting with 200. I think that we could get a little more excited if that happens. I like his movement. I like his movement and his, his you know, uh, center of gravity. I, I think he's a good running back. We'll just have to see because I don't know if he's an elite at anything. And if you're not even 200 pounds, that gets tough. Um, all right, and I should have let Matt talk. Quentin Johnson's been his guy. It's been kind of all, all both of y'all's guys. I've been a little more down on Quentin Martin. David, tell me about him. He had a big year through the air, it looks like, and that's something we're excited about with him. 
Yeah, Quinn Martin was a guy I've, I've actually been struggling with him quite a bit through this whole process. I don't know. He's a very good receiver. A very good receiver. He had 48 receptions, 733 yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, you know, 41% of his team's receiving yards. Um, wow. You know, like the rushing part of it is weird to me. Like he, I know they're in a lot of blows and stuff like that. Like he's not on a good team and he gets like eight carries a game. It's, it's, it's sort of strange to me, but you know, he had like 9.8 yards per carry or something like that. So he's pretty efficient. Um, I don't know. His body type is just a, is a type that I struggle with personally. You know, he's six one and a half, um, kind of like a skinny lower half. Um, doesn't like break a lot of tackles and stuff like that, but like he can make guys miss for sure. Um, there's like this one, there's like one guy he kind of reminds me of that was obviously a stud in the NFL, and it's like Matt Forte, and that's a guy I totally whiffed on back in the day. But if you, if you watch him and like his two lane tape, if you watch his two lane tape back to back, they actually look like play style and everything else. It's, it looks very similar. Um, and Matt got him at 21.5 miles per hour on his senior tape. So he's, he's a guy that likely runs, um, you know, probably sub four or five, depending on how much weight he had. So he's, he's interesting. I just struggle with his, his profile, his body type in general for running backs, but you know, it's a good landing spot. I feel like at Penn State. Yeah, and I mean, he's listed as an athlete. I guess we're assuming it'll be running back, but maybe he'll just be like that weapon type guy who's receiver and running back. I mean, I don't know what they're gonna, how they're gonna use him. Sometimes that is uh, a problem if you don't have a good offensive coordinator um, who just signed on to be the Penn State OC. It uh, it is, um, oh man, it was a good offense. Good, right? Who? The guy from Kansas, okay, Kansas, I don't know. Kansas OC going to Penn State. They've had, you know, obviously a very creative running game kind of scheme that's based off the run uh, over there in Kansas. So that's kind of interesting. Um, then two guys who kind of didn't, you know, we talked about them quite a bit, one more than the other. Taylor Tatum, a great season, uh, average 7.7 per carry, 1,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, added in 6, 138, one on the ground. Um, going to Oklahoma, where I think they've already had some attrition. It's looking like Gavin Sawchuk season in 2024, but uh, I think there's room for people to come in. Uh, and if Tatum shows out, I think he could, uh, you know, definitely be a uh, a second RB two there uh, right away, right away for the Sooners. And then David Ezeomume, we've talked about him quite a bit. Um, he he made me look not quite as dumb as I did in the very beginning with a nice bounce back season after starting very slow and then getting kind of injured. Um, I think we've got a bunch of names here, but for the sake of time, Matt and David, I'll throw it to each one of you. Like this class we know is rough on running backs. Um, even the top ranked guys in 24, seven and on three, not really doing it for us on the production. Um, give me a few sentences on how you, you're going to approach running back, uh, in drafts because we can list names, but they're all underachieving and, you know, our listeners know who they are right now. Um, so Matt, you know, go first. What are you going to do? Are you just fading running back outside of this class pretty much? Uh, I probably not touch a running back at the first round for sure. Then depending on who's still on the board by the time I pick in the second, then, you know, I'll take whoever's the best is available, but 
Uh, and there's only a few guys I'd even consider taking in the second at this point. I, it's just dreadful, this class. And, uh, I mean, I feel like we've said it all at this point. Most of them are not very good. Yeah, even high-ranked guys like Jarrett Gibson, Nathaniel Frazier, Kedron Young, Jordan Marshall, like they're just really, really bad efficiency this year, and that is a bad indicator of future. Uh, David, what are you doing with this class? I mean, there's just not a lot of running backs I'm excited about, period. Yeah, I mean, he pops, take one late, take a few late, and hope they pop. And we're yeah, wrong. basically just try to avoid. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know because you know, there's so many of these dudes that are under like some of them under six yards per carries, a bunch of them under seven, like all of them under eight. It's just like, like there's like I have a short list here. Brian Robinson averaged 6.2 in high school. Kenneth Walker 6.6. 6. Uh, Joe Mixon 7.5. Ty Jay's here is 6.4. I mean, those are like, those are the guys that are like, that weren't necessarily all that good of runners in, in high school that, you know, have turned out to be all right. Well, especially Mixon, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very outliery to me. And none of these profiles look especially strong. So I'm just going to try to avoid it. I know. I know. It's tough. I mean, efficiency is something I think that we all can agree is a really good indicator of the future. And it's just, it's rough out here on this running back class. All right, moving on to wide receiver where we know that's where this class strength lies, wide receiver and tight end. Um, Cameron Coleman, Matt, we were talking about him uh, before the uh, before we got on here. He has had a, a meteoric rise during the season. And he he's now, I think, comfortably inside all of our top 10 receivers. Um, the services may have them even higher, like top three type guy. Uh, what do you see in Cameron Coleman? And you can, you know, bring up, I guess, you know, his rise this season. He's he's just been a really big time consistent riser all year. Yeah, we were definitely hoping to see him step up from a statistical standpoint coming to this year. You know, as he was teammates with Carmelo English, Carmelo English last year, who you know took away from some of the production, and uh, he definitely did that. His his yards per game went up from 45 yards to 102 and uh, touchdowns from 6 to 17 for the total season, which great. He's going against some of the best competition uh, in Alabama. And, uh, you know, he's got the physical profile, one of the better testers of wide receiver this year. He's got the frame. He's got the hands, some of the best ball skills in this class for sure. Um, you know, not a route running savant, but I think he is slowly progressing. He's not, you know, quite as raw as he was last year. Uh, but, you know, he's definitely not a technician per se. He's, I would say, probably around average right now. But I, I definitely think there's good upside with him. Just flipped to Auburn, uh, which I don't love the spot uh, just because, you know, Auburn. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. He, he definitely has the NFL upside. Uh, not really counting on him for any CFL production. Okay. All right. Yeah. And in, and in the Hugh Freeze offense, and we were talking off air, that is not really a, a lucrative spot for wide receiver production. Yeah. His average wide receiver one since he's been a head coach is 13.5 fantasy points per game. Okay. So not great uh, for Hugh Freeze producing uh, at least fantasy relevant college wide receivers. NFL relevant, but it could have just been the lucky little cluster of like big talent when he was at Ole Miss. Um, we like Mike Hudson. We like Jeremiah Smith. They look great. You know, anything to add there, but I, I feel like we've talked about them and they look great. Uh, nothing to beat, beat a dead horse there. 
you mentioned Perry Thompson. Um, and uh, David, any anything to add about Perry Thompson? I mean, joining Cam Coleman, joining Walker White, uh, Auburn's put together quite a little, uh, you know, core of passing game prospects here with a quarterback and two pretty studly looking wide receivers. Thoughts on what that's going to look like uh, over in Auburn? Yeah, they kind of, the receivers are probably just going to eat into each other an annoyingly amount, but what can you do? I mean, these are two guys I still feel good about, like their NFL prospects. So it's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't really change their ranking very much, but you know, I don't know. And like Perry Thompson, he didn't have, like, he didn't have like an amazing year either, which is, but like his tape's pretty good. And he had a tough quarterback situation this season. Um, you know, he went from a senior quarterback to a sophomore quarterback. His his raw stats are way down, but like his market share is actually was actually improved. So like he's still a strong prospect, but yeah, I don't know. I think you gotta I think you just play the matchups on the college side most likely. I don't know. That's usually what I do anyway. Yeah. I don't know what you guys like I I'm only in one league and it's like a super deep league and I'm just like I'm generally just playing matchups anyway. I don't really have a like every week starter really, but yeah, I mean, in a lot of my teams this year, it's actually harder than you think to find like a, a receiver who's going to, you know, you feel really good about 100 yards. Um, I, I was starting guys like Roma Dunze every week, but after that, yeah, it, it was kind of like, you know, depending on your league setup, but a lot of times like you find G5 guys who are going up against, you know, Mercer or some crap like that. And um, so, yeah, but sometimes you find a real, you know, jackpot like, like this year, Roma Dunze uh, and Jalen McMillan last year, both of them are like incredible all year long. Um, you know, interesting that Auburn's got two top 10 receivers. Bama does not have a big time receiver at all, which I feel like we haven't talked about because we don't really talk about the classes as a whole very much, but their top ranked receiver on 24-7 is number 26, Amari Jefferson, uh, who he, we have brought up, I think. But, you know, kind of wild that, that Alabama is not bringing in any top receivers at all. I know they have two of the top guys in 2025 already. There's a good chance Ryan Williams is about to flip to 2024 too. So just keep that in mind. That, okay. We don't know for sure, but he's, he's been hinting at it. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well that could be, that could mean he'd probably be top 10 in this class. I, I mean, we talked about him. Uh, I liked him quite a bit. I think you guys were a little less enthusiastic, if I remember, when we talked about the 2025. He's a tier one guy. Okay. All right, so that would be good for Alabama. Um, and then we've got Bryant Wesco, Cam Williams. Uh, Wesco we've talked about. He is what he is. He's a nice uh, high floor, I think, guy going to Clemson. Uh, Cam Williams, n- nothing new, going to Notre Dame, right, David? Yeah, Cam Williams going to Notre Dame. Uh, uh, yeah, and he, looking rough I think we haven't talked about him too much. I mean, you can chime in now. Oh, um, I, I think he's um, really athletic. I think he's like 95th percentile or something crazy. Like he hits 22 and all that stuff. Uh, it's He's not super refined, I feel like. Um, yeah, so it's just like I – that's not my brand anymore. Like, just give yeah. me, just give me a route runner. Give me, give me a freaking possession. Just give me some first downs. Give me a possession receiver. I don't care. <laughs> these, these fancy, these these flashy guys, I don't want them. But uh, 
he plays terrible, terrible competition, honestly. Like, uh, his, his SOS was, like, minus 20 last year. I think it was improved to, like, minus 10 this year. So, uh, you know, but the depth chart is so bad. He, he might just play, at the very least, like, special teams. I could totally see him being, like, a kicker. Yeah. Like that. But, like, long term, I just feel like – I feel like there's something – in with receivers in general, I feel like if they haven't quite figured out route running even by college, I'm just like kind of skeptical that it's going to happen. I don't know. No, I think it's it's something we're workshopping. And I, I think it's so far paid decent dividends to fade some of these athletic freaks that really are super raw. And then, uh, man, we got a lot of guys. Ryan Wingo, we've talked about him a whole lot. We think he's raw, another freaky athlete. Uh, Mike Matthews, I feel like we've never one episode i think we all got excited i know i did and then he's just kind of trickled back down like we're not enthusiastic about him mylon graham that's a tough one because I, I did like him quite a bit but but man just not a lot of big plays this year these guys are market share these guys all market shares have gone down mike matthew 49 to 38 percent ryan wingo 35 to 28 percent mylon graham 65 to 42 percent Draylon Miller, a guy I really like, 49 to 35%, and his teammate kind of matched him. So we don't like that, right? We don't want to see the market share go down as a senior for crying out loud. No. I especially think the noble, big one for me here at least, is Ryan Wingo. I mean, the services still have him you know, as, as a pretty consensus top 10 guy. Second on his team in receiving yards this year. Only 12 yards per catch. Got a bunch of carries, only six yards per carry. Like, the, what can he do? Like, he's raw. He's not making big plays. Like, I, I just don't understand it. He runs a 10, 100 meter, and he's over 200 pounds. That, that's all he's got. That's great. But, I mean, honestly, for receivers, the athleticism just doesn't really do it for me. Um, it's more of a running back thing, I think, in terms of providing value or, like, insulating value. And he wasn't a good running back either. So There you go. There you go. All right. <clears throat> Uh, David, your guy, front of the list here at the tight end position. He's been a riser, I know, at least for you. Uh, Christian Benninger with with receiver-like numbers. I mean, this is insane. T talk to us about this. The touchdowns are incredible, his season that he had as a tight end. Yeah, I kind of mentioned, like, throughout the year here that, like, his, I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, his production's, like, pretty crazy. And I just finally came across his final year stats just the other day, and he had – in nine games, he had 94 receptions, so more than 10 per game. Uh, 1,423 yards, which is like over 150, and 22 TDs, you know, so, you know, over two per game. So, yeah, the competition's not great. Um, but regardless, like, this is kind of like what I like, I prefer to see if I have to, like, you know, if I'm thinking about And he's, he has like a really, you know, he's like 6'5", 240. Like, this is the type of guy, the type of size that we want. We don't have to worry about him, like, putting on, having to put on 30 pounds and stuff. But feels pretty feels pretty safe to me. Um, you know, what's his face? I, I think I mentioned Tom Lemming just actually tweeted this out. And, you know, he says he runs a 4.56. I don't know if he's quite that fast. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he's trust, but... I think he's a pretty good athlete. I think he's a pretty solid all around. And he, I think he's risen for all the services. Not super high, but I think he's in most top 100s now. Yeah. I mean, and those are just, that's insane numbers for nine games at the tight end position. Like that's absolutely bonkers. Um, 
And you've been beating the drum all season. You've been telling us, hey, he's really, hey, this guy, Ben Kerr, is really putting up numbers, putting up numbers. When you look at the final line, that's just crazy. Uh, <clears throat> Matt, Jaden Riddell, um, going to Georgia, athletic freak. We've talked about him a while. Any concerns with his, uh, you know, kind of lackluster senior year, or is the context, you know, kind of excuse some of it? I mean, I'm definitely concerned compared to, where I had him at this time, or, you know, not this time last year, but where I had him earlier in the beginning of the class. Uh, you know, he's definitely following me for me a good bit. Still my tight end one, but not by a huge margin anymore. Uh, you know, he had pretty terrible quarterback play, uh, so you can kind of excuse him there. We think he was injured for a little bit too. When he came back, he finally had a pretty big, I think, you know, 150-yard game or something like that. So, I don't know, it's weird. He's he'll always be a, a high upside guy, low floor. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a gamble. And, uh, well, I'm still willing to take it this point. Right. Well, and I'm okay with tight ends being high high ceiling and low floor because I feel like they're all low floor, you know. Uh, two, for 20, two for 20 yards is, is the floor you're going to get. Um, and then Landon Thomas, just kind of a downward trend all season. Um, really has not improved on – anything over the last three years kind of just a flat production so uh that's a little concerning i think he he's committed to fsu right yeah so uh they use their tight ends quite a bit um so that that could be interesting and you know they'll get a real quarterback in there uh that's not brocklin uh soon or freshman brocklin maybe he'll even develop but right now he, he looked pretty, pretty weak in that louisville game all right, guys. Well, that 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 does it for the high school recap show. Um, great season, great year. Thank you so much for all the work you've done compiling these stats, getting us videos every week. Uh, when we do this, it's you know this show is just totally you guys. I just come out here and, and talk a little bit, but uh, just great stuff all year. Um, for all the listeners. Next week, we're going to have a big show, a big mock. We're going to have at least one special guest, maybe two. We're going to do a nice mock to finish the season. Then we're going to have early signing day week. We're going to take a break for Christmas, just FYI, and then we'll be back in January. So that's what you can look forward to coming up in the next little bit here in December. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure as always. And this has been The Official. Thank <laughs> you.